In this week's episode of the Automotive Talent Show podcast, we discuss tricking our friends into joining the car industry, we say pivot too many times, and building brands on social media, not selling. Let's get into it. Hi there, and welcome to this week's episode of the Automotive Talent Show podcast, the podcast where we get to know and gain insights from leaders within the automotive industry. My guest this week specializes in the digital marketing space, partnering with automotive groups across North America. He has his own podcast series and is a one-man vigilante group endeavoring to make the automotive industry the best version of itself. Welcome to the podcast. Jason Harris. Hey, How are thanks you? for having me, Cameron. I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. It's uh, I just had my dinner, and uh, I believe uh, you just woke up. So this is uh, going to be a bit awesome. further on than that. We're a bit further oh, on than it? that. I, I, uh, I did What time is it where you are? I, uh, it's quarter to nine, quarter to nine a.m. I uh, have just completed the school run, so I've done my duties. Okay, there you go. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a, uh, yeah, it's a. It's as we we're talking before we hit the record button. It's um, it's great when uh, it's great when you know the, although our time our time differences are great. Um, it, you know I'm on uh, it's Thursday and it's it's Thursday where I am. It's Wednesday where you are. Um, it's it's great when we can have chats and it feels like we're in the same room together, isn't it? Technology I know, isn't is it crazy. Awesome. Yeah. It is absolutely is. <laughs> yeah. So Jason, you and I have been we've been connected on LinkedIn for for some time. I've been following you on on channels for some time, and uh, you know, as I said in the introduction, it, I, I sincerely <laughs> believe you're a one man vigilante group. Um, but and I, 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 you I, know, I would I would love to be known as a one man village vigilante group. But you know what? I couldn't do any of what I do without the monster support team I have behind me. <laughs> like, yes. You know, I, I, I don't think I, I need to do more content where people actually get to see what happens on the background because I just don't think this is a big commitment, like doing what we do, putting these podcasts together, you know, we post on average about 47 times a day um, over multiple platforms. I mean, it is, it's a lot of work. It is, it is, but it's, it's it's good work, isn't it? It's yes. fruitful work. You know, it's it's a um, it, it you know putting putting. It's I suppose it's the old analogy with the world. You know, you 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 receive what you put out. Hundred percent. Yep. Exactly. You get you what know. you put in. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I've I've got a pretty good idea of what the Jason Harris backstory is. But for those of you who have been under a rock for the last little while, um, give us. Give us the give us the very high overview version of of the of the Jason Harris story. I suppose where are you? What have you? Sure. What have you? Wh- where where did you come from? What have you done? And what are you doing now? Well, I, I'm currently right now. I'm in Toronto, Canada. I uh, now I'm not Canadian. I know it gets a little confusing. I'm actually American. I moved to Canada roughly about ten years ago, and uh, which is always really odd because whenever I'm in the states and I'm speaking at events or talking, I always get introduced as the Canadian. Whenever I'm here in Canada and I'm speaking at events, I get introduced as the American. So I actually, I don't even know what I am. You're the um, diplomat. You're the, I'm the like diplomat. The I go, yeah, exactly. I can, I can, I help both sides of of the border. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I've been in the mar- I've been in the automotive industry for a little over 18 years. 
I've pretty much done every single role within a dealership you can possibly think of from sales to management to BDC to operations to service parts. I even spent time upstairs in the admin. I was a dealer principal. I owned a Mitsubishi dealership. Um, I was the VP of marketing for a large automotive group. So I've really purposefully, all right, kind of put myself in every single position I possibly could uh, so that I can speak from a place of experience. Because I hate, I hate people that, that out there put out ideas and content and it's just like, it's from theory. And it's, yes. you know, I think that's what's been super successful with us is that, you know, when we're putting stuff out there, it comes from a real place of true operational experience. We just don't talk for the sake of talking. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's one of those things, though. I think you know we're we've always been um, internally, uh, we've always mm. been uh, 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 internally the commodity that we trade in internally is respect, isn't it? You know, like yeah. as a as a as a leader of a team uh, or a contributor to a team, irrespective, you know, if if there's no respect between the two relationships, there's it's not the best relationship. It's not the hundred percent. You know, like you, you, you know, in, in the workshop, for example, we measure productivity. You won't get all the productivity that you need. Like on the sales side, obviously, we measure performance. You might not get all the performance you need with without the respect. It is, it is one of those things that you, you're just going to be that maybe five, ten, fifteen percent off, but it's enough to be 100%. significant. Yeah. Well, and you have to earn the respect. Like it's not Absolutely. something that's just yeah. given. You know, I mean, I can't tell you how many managers I've sat down that just need to eat a good old fashioned piece of humble pie for crying out loud. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I think the reason that I've been able to fast track, you know, my career and just consume so much and experience so much is because I'm in that mindset of, of teach me. I'm, 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 I, I've, that's one thing, you know, what. Like I wasn't a great student. Like I seriously wasn't. I was a horrible student. And and that was simply for the reasons that they wanted to teach me a certain way. It was not the way that I could potentially learn. I'm, you know, I I'm a teach me by show me kind of a person. Yes. So, you know, but but when I got into business, holy crap, that's where I was like, oh wait, I'm I'm not an idiot. All right. You know, the school system was telling me I was, <laughs> yes. you know, because I couldn't, because I couldn't remember verbatim, all right, textbooks and I couldn't, you know, sit down and answer a hundred question test. All right. Once I got into the business uh, and into the business world, I was like, oh crap. No, this, this, this teach me by show me was exactly how some of the best people in the industry that I ever met went about operating their businesses. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we are an industry in many ways. You know, you look at you look at some of the some of the the icons of our industry. Are they are they uni graduates? Have they got MBAs? Are they you know? Most are they... of them aren't. No, no. Half this of them is didn't the, even finish the high school. Industry. Yeah, I was going to say the like, automotive, and this is why I probably love this space is that we're just the island of misfit toys. I mean, we come from every walks of life, every diversification. Um, boy, I have yet to meet a single person that got into the automotive industry, and there's not a story about how in the world they got into it. Like, yeah. personally, me, I got conned into it. Yeah. I legitimately got conned into it. I had a roommate at the time was just like, you know, hey, man, you need to come do this with me. I need your help. You got to help me. And I found out later that he got paid a $500 bonus if I yeah. stayed at the it was a scam. Like days. It was all a scam. So he said, and I realized he was telling everybody the same story that he was telling me because he was trying to get everybody to come work at the bloody place. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, you know, salespeople are salespeople, mate. Irrespective, that's right. Sales is in sales. It's your ability to influence, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah. But you know what? Though I actually consider myself to be a horrible salesperson. I actually was doing a video on this the other day. They were asking me, like, do you think you're a good salesperson? I'm like, I honestly believe I'm not a good salesperson because I don't think I ever felt like I sold anybody anything. Like, I, I, I have been sold myself personally a handful of times. I'm sure you've probably Absolutely. been sold. I'm sure your listeners have, yeah. you know, at some point in time in their life, they got sold something. And just that feeling of being sold something, just, it's a nasty feeling. And I was not good at like selling something to somebody, but I was really good about connecting with, with somebody. And then of course, presenting to them in, to them as an individual, not just to everybody. It was identifying who that person was as a person and then attaching their individual needs and wants to a product or service that I could provide. Yeah, but that, I, I believe the, um, from what I see, I, I agree with you. I, I, I think the same of myself. I don't, I don't put myself as in the category of being the world's greatest salesperson. Um, I, I, I do, however, think that I'm very good at building a relationship and a connection to someone. Mm-hmm. And the, I think the reality from what I'm seeing in our part of the world, and I'm sure you're seeing it in your part of the world, is that that the people that can build a relationship with someone are actually going to be the greatest salespeople. 100%. So, they also you know, be the you, best managers. Exactly, yeah. You know? So it's, that's, that's the, the, in many ways, society and in turn our industry is gravitating that way. So... It's, you know, and then, and then obviously throw in, throw in digital. Like for me, for me, I think the digital space, like people are worried about selling online. I don't believe it's selling online. It's, it is a portal. It's a communication piece. That's all it is. You know, it's exactly. It's connecting online. That's all it is. I mean, I can connect faster with more people than I ever have, than I ever could have possibly before. I mean, you know, I mean, I remember when I was a, a, a salesperson, my first year was I had to generate additional opportunities for myself. And this is actually what propelled me into digital marketing is, um, there wasn't enough people walking through the dealership. So I had to find unique ways to create my own opportunities. I used to take my business card and I'd go to the shopping mall and I would literally drive through the shopping mall up and down the aisles. And I was shopping for trade-ins that I wanted that I knew I could sell super fast. Right. So I, I, I see one, I'm like, Oh, Oh, I like that Tahoe, you know, and, and I would jump <laughs> out and I would, I would go stick a business card in the window. I'm like, think of, think of selling, call me. Right. And I, and I do this, you know, twice a week and I put out three, 400 business cards. I went through more business cards than any other employee, I think um, at that dealership. And then once someone really kind of showed me, you know, the digital dealership or at the websites that were coming out, I was like, my eyes opened up. I was like, Oh, that's where yeah. I could generate more opportunities. That's where yeah. I got to spend my time. And, you know, I, it, it's crazy to think that's now 15, 16, 17 years now. Um, but we're still not as far as long as I thought we were going to be. Yeah, absolutely. And, and as we said, uh, as we said before we hit the record button, it's amazing how, how quickly we can change when we have to. And obviously everything going on in the world at the moment has really accelerated that in the last five, six months. Uh, so it's it's been a uh, it's been a very interesting time I think in the world, but it's also been a very interesting time in the in in the automotive industry. No matter which where in the planet you 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 you're pitching your tent, for sure. Yeah. 
So, so you're um, obviously you what you're doing now, Jason. I suppose go into give give the audience a bit of an overview of that. What's what is the what is the current what's the current um, I suppose modus operandi of Jason Harris? Well, you know, I think like most businesses, we all we've all had to pivot. Yes. You know, um, you know, prior to you know the coronavirus, all right, our entire business was built off of marketing. And we managed we managed um, a little over twenty million dollars a year in actual ad spend, and uh, bottom line is that just doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> um, and, but but I'm not upset. You know what I mean? Like yeah. like it's so funny. I think everybody felt like everybody thought I was going to get super upset when dealerships stopped spending money, and then I, they thought I was going to get even more upset when I when they when they weren't coming back to spend the money. And, you know, it, it's, it's funny for building a business around marketing dollars. I'm the first one to tell people, I want you to get off of that Ferris wheel of marketing dollars and really start building your brand. You can replace brand equity with marketing all day long. And I'm finding that during this time frame, dealerships, they've opened their eyes. They've like, holy crap. I, look, I've seen more dealer principals and general managers put out videos Yes. On social media, talking about why someone should service with their business, you know, talking about, you know, how much they care about their community. I've seen more of this just in the last five months than I ever have. So I feel like there's been just been a fundamental shift. And I'm glad. I'm happy for it. Well, it kind of sucks. I mean, our business lost 75% of its revenue. So, of course, we had to pivot to support dealerships now, not necessarily in their marketing efforts as much. And we still do, but in their branding efforts. So when it comes to branding, it's, it, look, there's, there's the media part of branding. It's creating that content. So, you know, we've focused a lot of our efforts now of executing those branding messages and creating those stories that people actually want to be a part of. So that's become a big part of our business. Uh, we've also shifted to a lot more technology. You know, we have um, some amazing marketing communication tools that combines email and text message and ringless voicemail and landing pages and Facebook and put it all into just one easy to use, you know, system, which we had been working on for a long time and now it's just I've had a look at it. That looks very impressive. I'd like a demo one day. I've, it looks oh we'll definitely have to do that. You know, it's it's and it's just it's just just easy. That's all it is. It's just trying yeah. to make everyone's life easier. And then we also just launched, which I never thought in the world I would ever launch, is we're now a chemical company. And we're providing sanitized solutions for dealerships all over North America and abroad. And I just never thought that I would go into that place. I failed chemistry by the way. Yeah, I was, I was like one of my worst subjects yeah, at yeah, school. Yeah, yeah for the yeah, last four shocking. months, I've spent more I spent more time talking to chemists than I ever thought I would in my entire life. But I feel like we've actually found found the right product. The product's called Selectricide. It's 100% chlorine dioxide, um, which is a product that they currently use in the food industry, the restaurant industry, and the uh, healthcare and hospital industry. And it just never made its way to automotive. We're now bringing that all of that that technology and all that time and development into that product. We're bringing it to the automotive space, and so we've been really excited to be able to assist dealerships and providing a product that properly sanitizes uh, customers' cars and their dealerships. This is not just like when I, when I went into this product looking for it, it wasn't just for the customer. Yes. I actually took the approach of I want the staff to feel comfortable when they yeah. come to work. I want those technicians to feel comfortable 
when they're working on 13, 14, 15 different cars every single day. You know, it's like I, I wanted to find something that I knew was actually going to be the right product. It was going to harm the car was and was going to be healthy for everybody that could potentially use it. And uh, we found it. So we're super excited now to be a, a, uh, a Canadian distributor for that product. Sounds very exciting. Sounds very exciting, mate. And, and you know, I think that's the I was I was talking with Herb Anderson last week, and, uh, Herb's and great. Yeah, he's he's a he's a gun. But the uh, I think that's you know there's a lot of there's a lot of things that we're doing at the moment that are going to stay around. You know the mm-hmm. the expectation shift now is completely shifted from our expectations from our from our from our team members' expectations from our customers' expectations. They're all going to remain permanent fixtures in our business um and uh and i'm excited to see it and and yeah as far as as far as the real pivot of you know i think i think only 12 months ago you know a a a a dealer group or even a brand would put content out put content there as just similar to what they used to put in a newspaper as a loss leader you know (laughs) here you go i've got these you know, Mitsubishi XYZs, um, recommended retail price is this, but hey, you could buy one of these today. And that's so, and Herb, Herb said that's it. That's the only message that was out there. Yeah. Big discounts, low yeah. lease rates, and yeah. that's yeah. it. Yeah, Herb said it. Herb said it. I, 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 I would love to come up with this, and maybe he didn't come up with it. He's plagiarized it as well, but he said, <laughs> he said, you need to be social on social media. <laughs> We've had that discussion several times. Yeah. And it's, like, it's actually, I'm, I'm not going to lie, it's a, it's a title of a book that I'm kind of playing with right now. But if you see that book come out in the next few months, there you go. <laughs> but, 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 but literally, isn't it such a key? It's such a key, you know, you see. Yeah, oh, 100%. You know, we all, like, we all have industry, we only, we only hit the one side. Look, there's two words, social media. We win for most dealerships. I think they've done a pretty decent job of understanding the media side of it. Now it's like trying to figure out what the actual social side of it is. And they have to understand that engaging with customers is a time-consuming thing, but it's incredibly beneficial. So it's like instead of spending thousands and thousands of dollars on ad spend, you may be hiring an engagement manager within your dealership to socially engage with your existing customers and your potentially your new customers as well. Yeah, but it comes back to what we were talking about before as far as, you know, salespeople, you know, we don't we don't get sold to now. Customers don't no. want to be sold to now. Just like just like people on social media don't want to be sold to now. They they want they want to build a relationship. They want to build a connection, and that's what being social on social media does. It, hundred percent. You know, it it is is when is when mum and dad and the two kids are driving down the road, and their and their car finally gives up the ghost. You know, they knew it was coming. <laughs> you you want the first thing for them to think about is, hey, I follow this guy on Facebook, and geez, he makes a lot of sense to me, and. He's involved with my community. I'm going to give him the first opportunity at securing my business. That's what you want someone to think. For sure. And, you know, it, it, you know, I think what it is is a lot, of, a lot of people out there that are listening to this right now and that are hearing us talk about the word social media and we're talking about creating content, talking about creating brand, all right? Look, you, creating brand, creating content should, should come from a place of passion for yourself, all right? It, it may not necessarily actually be what you do for a living. 
You know, I mean, it just happens to be that what I do for a living is also just a stupid passion for me. Like, I mean, Cameron, this is my sixth podcast today. You know, someone I had someone asked me today, they're like, they're like, Jay, like, how do you how do you how do you like just like get tired of talking about it? I'm like, I never get tired of talking about it. Like I enjoy this so much. I can talk about this for nine to ten hours straight and it would never bug me. So I'm I'm saying what I'm saying is when people out there are creating content, don't necessarily create content about the cars you sell. Create content yeah. about what you find passionate about. Yeah. I, have a, I have a lady; she's an F and I manager. And you think about, you know, you're not you're kind of you're not necessarily forward, you know, being the F and I manager. You're the kind of that second or third person you actually meet after the yes. dealership, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, there yeah. are more people that come into this dealership asking for her than they do coming in asking for the salespeople. And what she's done, she she's a she's a fourth generation family member that has been living in this small town. All right, and she just she just breathes and bleeds everything in anything to do with this small town. And she's just done an amazing job of documenting why her small town is such an amazing town to be in, to live in. And it's, it's every festival, it's every grand opening, it's every, you know, uh, a celebration at the church, all of this, she, she's literally become the source of information when it comes to her community and her community now comes to her for that information and then, oh, by the way, she works at the local Chevy dealership. So, and but that's it. I mean, that's literally about as far as she's ever gone. I'm yeah. trying to think actually right now is have I actually ever seen her do? She's done videos at the dealership, but I don't think she's actually ever done them about the dealership, which is yeah. kind of funny. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But people come in looking for her because they created that trust, that relationship that we were talking about earlier, right? Yep. And I, I think anybody out there listening right now or watching this can do the exact same thing. Just make content and be social around your passion. I don't care what your passion is. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, and, and the, the other trap that I think that people fall into, especially on social media, is the numbers. You know, it's about. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's about, hey, oh, I've only got, I've only got, I've only got 25 likes on that, on that video and, and you know, I, 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 uh, you know, and all of those likes were people from other countries or other states, or you know, a bajillion miles away. And and you know, it's that's that's the thing, isn't it? It's you when you when you 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 want to be the go-to person in your community in your region. Sure, you know, like sure, by all means, put a put a car on a truck or whatever, and 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 send it send it into state if if that's what a customer wants, but. You want to be the. You want to. There's still, there's still a community part of the online community as well. It's it's. Still oh yeah, a- you know what it is, is? Is we get sucked into these social analytics, and we we think that our content is only as good as the analytics tell tell us it is, right? Yeah. You know, we had this old saying. I got, I remember a manager told me this early early on in my career that there's an ass for every seat. You just got to find the ass. And, and I, think, I, think, like, I think we've all had that manager by the I think we've, we've probably all had that manager at some point in time, right? Yeah. And, you get to and, but, that, but, like. but, but to your point, I mean, like, I don't need 15,000 people to watch my video about this car. I don't need 15,000 people to watch my video at all. I need the one person that's going to watch it and go, ah, oh, yeah, I like this. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's good. I'm going to call this person. That's it. Like, I, I just, you know what, you don't want to get sucked into those social, what I call vanity matrix. All right. They have no bearing whatsoever on how good or bad you are. All right. 
What you need to do is to focus on how to build your audience and to do so you have to build content for your audience. Look, there, there are people out there. I've, I've had, I had a salesperson come to me last week. Go, Jason, I've been making walk around videos for the last year and a half and I've yeah. never gotten anything from it. I said, well, yeah. well the problem is, yeah. is you're making walk around videos for yourself, not for your potential audience. So what you're doing is you're making content that is valuable to you and that brings you value. All right. You're not creating content that brings your audience value. So first thing first, identify who your audience is. And I don't care who your audience is. You know, for me, I think if I was a salesperson right now, my audience would probably be families because I have three kids myself and I'm a father. So I would prob I would say my audience would probably be fathers with a handful of kids because I can relate and I can connect with them, right? And I'd yeah. be making content about being a dad and working and having three little monsters that you know, act like they're constantly in some episode of WWE wrestling mania night. You know, it's like, yeah. I don't know how my kids do it. They seriously, it's just, they've never seen an episode of wrestling their entire life, but you think they just, they watch it all the time, the way they body slam and clothesline each other. It's, it's a gift. It's a gift, mate. It's a gift. You know, what can you say? Yeah. But that's, that's, it's, it's, it's an interesting point, isn't it? Because I think in, for, in our part of the world, you know, recently, actually, I had a, I had a discussion with a candidate, that um, that was that was let go from his business mm-hmm. because because he um, produced content on social media video that that the way he was holding the the, the way he was holding his phone um, had the had the brand in the background. Sure, he didn't mention it, but it was there in the background, and the content wasn't. It wasn't a rant. It was actually talking about the features and benefits of this brand new model that came out. And it was a, a breach of the business's social media policy uh, because of yeah, the... Yeah, screw the, social media policies. Like I've seen those. You know, what, so, you, know the, you know the people that make social media policies? They're generally the are afraid of social media. Yeah, yeah. No, they're, they're yeah. afraid of it. Look, yeah. I, I've yet to read a social media policy that actually is not written with fear. You know what I mean? Every single one I've ever written has been written from a place of fear. We're afraid of what that person's going to say. We're afraid of what they're going to do. We're afraid of what they're going to put out there, right? And in reality, what they're saying is we're afraid that that person's all right, brand is actually going to become larger than ours. And they should be. You know, I'm this, this one lady I'm talking about, all right, her social media, all right, um, oh, let's say following, is 12 times higher than the entire dealerships combined. Yes. You know, so they, they actually asked me a question. They go, Jason, what happens if she leaves? And I'm like, well, you're asking yourself the wrong question, right? What, what happens if she stays? That's yes. the more important one, right? You shouldn't be asking what you're going to do when she leaves. You should be asking and doing yourself what she's going to do when she stays and how do you continue to support her? Right and invest in her, because I'll tell you what, people happy 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 uh, staff don't go shopping around for new greener pastures. They stay. They they're yeah. happy. Absolutely, yeah. And that's the um, I, that's for me. I feel exactly the same way. You know, like if 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 I had to get a real job again, if that day came when I had to get a real job again, I'd actually <laughs> want to go and sell cars. You don't have a real job, I know. No, of course not, no. I tell people I don't have a real job. But 
I, I would actually go sell cars and and I would I would put into practice everything that that we've been talking about. And sure. and you know, I think I think the modern day the modern day dealership relationship person and I, I, I didn't call it a salesperson on purpose. I called it a relationship person. I think I like they're the people—they're the people that can build. They're the people that can build that brand for themselves. You know, like for sure. Look at look at um, Jeff Hunter. You know, classic classic example. <laughs> Jeff's a perfect example of of doing that in his small town of being Absolutely. just that source of information. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Absol- and it happens to be that his love and passion is around vehicles. So it just, it, I'm not saying, people don't need necessarily copy his formula. It's worked for him, but that's yeah. because of the, it, all of that content that he creates comes from that place of passion, right? Yeah, but absolutely. But you know, the, 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 the thing about, the thing about, you know, your brand, your relationship managers, but uh, people, whatever you want to call them, the thing about the, the commodity, the, the brand that they build within themselves, mm-hmm. I think, you know, it, it 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 is something that should be attractive to other dealerships, you know. Like, but you know, you you should be able, you as you say, keep that person engaged with your business, provided provided they're not spreading content and and going on rants that are are damaging your brand in any way. Let them go. Let but what them is do it, what is what is like brand, what is what is damaging their brand actually? So I'll give you an oh. example. I actually have to go tomorrow. Uh, this time, this us talking about this is so ironic because I actually have to go tomorrow and I have a a fairly large meeting with a group that fired a lady over a rant that she did on social media. Right. Uh, she's a she's a vegan activist, all right, and um, she had some very choice words. I mean, I don't think anything, no, nothing in the four letter range, but um, she had she was very passionate about what she was talking about um, when when she was doing this socially. Now, the ironic thing is that when she posted this video, she happened to be wearing her company's name badge. She had just left work and she was wearing her name badge. Well, they immediately reacted to this and terminated her for it. And uh, well, there's a whole lot of wrong with that. Um, first, the first thing first is not even legal to do that. It's one, yes. one thing. And, yeah. and, and, then, and then a second thing was, is that they were so concerned about social... Um, about social whiplash and and it was like well that's that that's that's that person's brand all right it's it's if it, is it going to affect you your brand sure but you know if, if you're going to capitalize on your staff's branding efforts you have to accept both the good and the bad yeah absolutely yeah right and you, you should be able to be there and guide them and have conversations about that all right you know should she have been wearing her name badge no probably not did she was she wearing it kind of in haste and just forgot to take it off? I can guarantee you she wasn't intentionally wearing it. You know? Yes. Yes. So you know, look if you're a dealer principal out there, you're watching and listening to this right now, and you employ 50, 60, 70, 100, 2, 300 people, understand that what you have is you actually have 50, 60, 70, 200, all right, individual brands at your location, all right, investing money in developing out their brands. 
does nothing but to support you as a business and keeps them happy and sees that as an owner, you're willing to invest in me and my future and my brand. So I'll continue to invest my time, my effort into your brand and support those branding kind of requirements. And I want to be respectful of that, right? So look, I just... I think it's weird when dealerships they want they love it when salespeople are out there crushing it with their with their brand and bringing that in. But boy, when yeah. something goes the other direction, oh no, what yeah, are we yeah, gonna yeah, do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 a um, it's a it's a real paradigm shift though, isn't it? You know, it's a yeah. real paradigm shift. So, it, you know, we it's but as you say, you know, irrespective of your headcount. You've got people, they, they're your ambassadors. They're your brand ambassadors. They're intrinsically yep. working through you. So it should be, I, I, me personally, I would, I, would, I would give my people free reign and then have a problem with it if they did something like irrefutable, well, I think, irrefutable, incorrect. I think fundamentally you're going to find a couple different owners out there. There's two kind of mindsets when it comes to ownership. All right. There are owners that think that people work for them. And then there's owners that think they work for their people. Yeah. All right. Um, I was an owner that didn't believe people worked for me, but I worked for them. All right. And I did my damnedest to make sure I wasn't getting in their way to execute what they needed to execute on a daily basis. And my expectations were high. So I couldn't set the expectation and then be the person that was going to slow things down. You know? Yes. So, I mean, most of my conversations with my team was, what do you need from me right now? All right. And the position I'm in and what I can do, all right, what do you need from me that's going to make your life easier right now? And I'm telling you, every time I asked that, it was like just putting a little deposit in the bank, a little deposit in the bank, a little deposit in the bank. So that when I came to them with a, let's call a, 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 a strict guidelines of social etiquette, which I did. And I have a document, yeah. I had a documented, you know, series of social etiquette. I did not get a single argument. Not a single question about it, but it was like, all right, Jay, I got you on this one. That's cool. I'm good with this, you know, but I was able to do that because I was able to continue to deposit in them individually because I didn't see them as working for me as much as I saw myself working for them. Yeah, that, but the key to that is having a relationship that transcends the pay packet. hundred percent. It has to. Yeah. And that, and that, I think in in many ways that's a life lesson getting taught through social, isn't it? In a way, like you, yeah, you know, people you want people to jump out of bed for you in the morning and come to work because they actually want to, not because they have to. Hundred percent. I, I consistently told my team, what I pay you is in no way or form how I value you. Yeah, yeah. it's not because not. if it was, it'd probably be you'd be making a hell of a lot more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I find I find a lot of young people or newer people that are getting into the business immediately associate their pay with value. And I think it's that, that's, that, that's a notion that we have to crush immediately. All right. Well, you know, it, cause it comes down to the same thing that we were talking earlier about. We were talking about social vanity matrix, right? They associate those likes and those shares, those little heart emojis as value. They, they, don't, they don't equate to what uh, the value of you as an individual. They just simply don't. If you're enjoying this episode, please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and not miss a future episode. If you'd like to know more about automotive talent and how we can assist you in the future, please don't hesitate to hit the contact link in the show notes. Back to the episode. 
As long as I think you and I will be around on this earth, Jace, I believe the, the automotive industry will always be a people first business. You know. Well, like, it should be. It should Is be. It? Of course. Yeah. It should be. Well, I think at, at the moment at the moment you've got people standing on either ends of the spectrum, haven't you? You know, you've got yep. but the, the the reality is most of us actually are somewhere in between the two. So yep. it, it's a um it's it's a very it's a very interesting time to be, I think, alive in our industry. You know, we've we've come a long way in a short period of time, but I think we're gonna go just as long over the next over the next year or two. I think there's some there's some things that lessons we've learned. We've actually it's probably a great analogy for life. We've actually become comfortable with change in the last little piece of history, you know, where. Well, I think everyone has to like, I mean, there's, there's no other way around it. All right. If, if, uh, what did I, I said something actually earlier today, I'll be prepared for change because change will not wait for you. Like you just, you, you have to be ready to change. There is no option. Um, you know, it, it, it will happen. It will happen fast. And, you know, you just, you have to be able to pivot and I guess pivot quickly, you know, but I want to go back to what you were saying about um, people, we're a people business, right? I actually am actually getting kind of tired of hearing the words um, because I'm, I'm a person of action. I like action. Yep. I do a lot of doing and then figuring out later. I just kind of am that way. <laughs> I don't do a whole lot of talking. I'm just going to yep. do it and then figure out the rest of it as I go yep. along. Um, but I feel like for the most part as an industry, we love to say how much of a people business we are and our people is number one. I have to say, though, our actions don't necessarily match the words that we're consistently saying. You know, I, I would agree. You know, like, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of things. I mean, look at, uh, we talked about pay structures. I think a while back, I think on one of my show, we talked a little bit about pay structures. I don't think our pay structure is built for our people in mind. We yeah. talked a little bit, I think last time about schedules. All right. I mean, I started in this business and we use this term bell to bell. Do you guys use that term where you, are, where you guys are? Yeah, similar, similar term. Some, yeah. Something similar? Yeah. What, 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 what would be kind of your guys' version of bell to bell? Like yeah, um, yeah, yeah, bell to bell, hammer to hammer, that that sort of stuff. Yeah. Okay, hammer to hammer. Okay, I like that. Yeah, it's it's literally you know from an open to close, right? Mm -hmm. And it's just like our ex, like our companies, dealerships out there will say we're people, people first businesses. But I expect for you to spend all of your time here and not have actually family at home, right? You have yeah. to work from open to close every single day. If you're really going to capitalize, you know, your pay structure, you need to be here every single day. Let's just call it is what it is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. RDOs, oh, you can take one, but well, <laughs> we'll, we won't look at you the same if you do. Yeah. <laughs> so look, at my dealership, I, had, I was weird. A lot of people thought I was weird. Um, I still do. I, I had a four day on three day off schedule for everybody. Yeah. Everybody. And, and it's just, I felt it was insanely for me to actually say that I was going to be a people person and respect that family life balance. I needed to give them some type of balance. So it's like, I asked for them for four days a week to give me their everything, give me everything you got. I want nothing left in the tank at the end of those four days. I want you just to literally just go out there and leave everything out on the field. Yeah. And then I want you to take three days and I want you to rest. And I want you to just relax and just build up that momentum again and then come back and ready to fight. <laughs> yeah. And it worked. I mean, I had a lot of people who wanted to come work with me because of that exact reason. Absolutely. You know, I think the, you know, as we, I think we, we covered in the podcast that I was on with you, you know, the, the, I, I believe the biggest single challenge for our industry at the moment is attracting the people that could be a doctor or a lawyer to it. Sure. 
That's that's the that's the single big, biggest challenge. You know, we're we're an industry that has a bit of a stigma attached to it, and I'm, I'm I, I think that that stigma is starting to fade. But yep. you know, it, it's an industry that has struggled to attract high end people to it, and the the industry, the automotive industry, is such a beautiful industry. We love it. We're passionate For about sure. it. You know, it, we want other people to be love to love it and be passionate about it as well. But that's the thing. I've actually one of those, it's an interesting thing. I've 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 since since we're sort of come out of these lockdowns and we're able to visit businesses again. I've been I've been I've loved going into seeing my clients because I I love them all equally but differently, and <laughs> and uh, I I think there's a, there's so many lessons that we've learned through this period, and I've I've mm-hmm. actually started to weave into a conversation because a lot of a lot of these businesses at least here had had salespeople working from home yep and, questions do that you know so so much of their efforts as far as the sales go all right is to generate the opportunity for someone to come into the dealership to have a discussion right yeah so yeah. it's like do they really need to be in the dealership to do that yeah do they do they need to be there at as you say bell to bell do they need to be there at eight do they need yeah. to go do they need to go home at six do they can can a salesperson literally run their own appointment book and set up for when they're set up, you know, enter come to the business prior to their appointment and leave after their appointment and everything else they do by by re- remotely? Like, why is it is it necessary other than other than catering for your walk in your walk in clients and yard changes and all these sort of things? But outside of outside of that. Why is it? Why is it so? It, it it isn't. I don't believe. You know, we've we've all got. You know, I've got. You know, we've got the the power of a supercomputer on our watches these days. You know, we've got <laughs> the technology to to connect with people and and um, you know, in a in a world where we measure someone through their performance and yes. and what our customers think of that person and the relationship and the and the transaction they have, we measured that already. Why do they have to be there 60, 70 hours a week? No, I agree. And the other thing too is, is also those hours that they're spending. There's, are they actually working hard or are they working deep? And the one thing I have found that I was pushing my staff when I would only have them there four days a week is that they work deep. I mean, they were on. They were ready to go. There wasn't downtime. There wasn't water cooler chats. There wasn't any of yeah. that stuff. It's like I'm, I'm, I'm on it's game time. I got to go, you know, and, and I'm finding right now, I mean, even for myself here, I am at home doing this is that, you know, even, I'm, I have nothing else to do. Like I have to be on, you know? Yes. So it's like, I've, I've probably done more prospecting. I probably have talked to more people have in the last four or five months than I probably have the entire year and a half prior to that. And, and that's just because I've been able to focus and work deep, not, not just work. You know, I've met a lot of people that work and, it's shuffling the paper from one side of the desk over to the other side of the desk. <laughs> it's, it's work. I mean, I'm moving yeah. crap around, yeah, you yeah, know, but yeah. am I really getting something done? Absolutely. You know, and, yeah. and, and I feel like there's definitely like, I think if someone's looking to be kind of a progressive or looking for the kind of the next thing and to attract new talent, I think the question should simply be is, does that person really need to be in the dealership all the time? You know, how often do I see on a, 11 a.m. on a Wednesday, all right, there's seven people in there. 
So there's there's more salespeople than there are customers. It makes no yeah. sense to me. Right. Yeah. I mean, half and of those people and four can, of them are talking to to each other. They're not they're not or outside having a smoke or yeah, yeah, uh, out back yeah. doing this or, you know, asking each other, sitting down, having a coffee with each other. So how was your how was your weekend? Yeah, that's all right. How was yours? I, you know what I mean? Like working deep is a whole lot different. Like I remember when I was in the BDC and, um, you know, it's like you had to be focused. You know, the system was calling for you. When you're literally, by the time you got off that next call, the other person was already on the phone, ready to have a conversation with you. You know, that's why we were sitting in cubicles because I can't have any distractions. Once I hit that go button, I'm on the entire time until I hit that go button off again, you know? So I I think we, as a business, we have to figure out how we're going to get there. I think what it all comes down to is process. And this is my, 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 um, my theory right now is us moving forward into what's going to happen over the next six, nine, and 12 months is that, you know, we're going to have to process our way to profitability. Here's the kicker. Everybody's had uh, the last few months of sales to probably be some really good sales. Yes. You know, we, we have all that kind of bent up demand from, you know, the months that we were kind of closed or we weren't closed, yeah. or there was a lot of, you know, uncertainty in the industry and customer confidence is now higher, you know, so we're feeling all that, that all that built up, that dammed up, you know, kind of um, um, sales sales efforts kind of built up, and now we're now we're getting it. It's like someone opened up, you know, opened up the pipes, and now we're getting that flow yeah. again. But I don't anticipate for this to happen. I think as a as, as a world, you know, entity, we've only felt the social impact of this. We've yet to felt the economic impact of this. Yes, you know, and I think as, as an industry, we have to get prepared for a cold winter. And you know, to do that, it's like let's let's not be just satisfied for what we have right now all right let's get everything we possibly can all right and get prepared for what's to come because you know look i went through the recession you know i mean i'm i know what that looks like i know what that feels like i mean i'll tell you right now i'm gonna be a hell of a lot prepared for it the next time it happens yes yeah it's 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 the groundwork has to be done right now though doesn't it yes 100 percent. the groundwork has to be done it, it you can't you can't you can't even wait for the metrics to start showing a sign of 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 falling over you know you've we've got to be like boy scouts and be prepared exactly yeah yeah and and a lot of the things i think that we're talking about you know we've we've you know in regards to in in regards to headcounts how we manage how we manage the sales even how we how we manage the service side like a lot of these things they that's the, the that's the that's the area of opportunity, you know. The biggest outside 100%. of yeah, the bit the biggest the biggest expense on a PL is is remuneration and payroll in our world. Always. That's the biggest expense. So it's it's maximize you were making that investment. So it's about it's about making sure that we're maximizing the return on the investment. And there's more than there's more that there's more ways of doing it rather than the ways we've always done it. We just, you know, in the we haven't we we haven't needed to shut the patent office on things because the, all of the ideas in the world have all been thought of. There is well, and you know what? In the past, is like, especially from an operations perspective, right? We've we've never really focused that much on our process. What we'd rather do is rather just throw another body at the situation. Yeah. So like you know, it's like something's not working, or we're not selling enough of this, or our CP count's not high enough, or our dollars per hour O is not high enough, or our effective labor rate is lower than where it should be, or or whatever it is. And our answer has always been, just throw a body at it. Just 
throw another person at it and just throw yeah. another person at it. And I, I, we've yet to really just kind of sit down and say, you know, and, but now this, this whole pandemic has forced us to sit down, look at it. Like I'm able to do a lot with a little, you know, I was able to achieve operationally a lot with the half the staff I had, you know, it's like, okay, so if I process the crap out of this, you know, is that, is my team's going to make more money? I'm going to make more money. Like, this kind of seems like a win-win. It's just, you know, this pandemic forced us to process our way to profitability. Now I'm hoping we're actually going to continue to embrace that. We won't go back to that old mentality of just let's throw warm bodies at the situation until something works. Absolutely, yeah. I think there are people, there are businesses out there that are probably, they're probably going to be guilty of doing that. You know, it's a little bit, you know, that, <laughs> But there are other. I think there are other. There are other businesses out there. I think that will embrace everything that we've learned and 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 really, and use it as a use it as an inspiration point more than anything else. You know, it's going to in, for sure in, inspire them to look at other parts of our, other parts of the business. But but yeah, it's a it's a it's a beautiful time to be in our world. I believe. I think you know. I think the the like. I think like, you know, any, any time, any time that there's a, a, a drop in the market, like a recession, you find that you find it, at least in my experience, the people that throw up their hands and say, it's too, it's too hard. They, they walk away from the industry. It's kind of like, it's a, re, it's kind of like it's required. It's like a, a snake shedding. It's, it's skin. like a reset. Yeah. yeah it's kind yeah. of a filter. It's a filter process. You do yeah. see, and you saw it. I mean, I saw it. I'm sure you saw it too, you know, during this pandemic that the true leadership really rose to the top, you know, that what's that saying that the cream rises to the top yeah, and it really smart. was. I mean, I think the best of the best of us as an industry rose to the top and you could see that. And I think you're going to continue to see that over the next six, nine, 12 months. Yeah, Absolutely. Are you are you worried about are you worried about any disruptive influences to to the industry, Jason? From what you've seen in, I expect disruption. I'm not. I'm, you know what? You're never worried about something you just expect to happen, right? Yeah. Like absolutely. You know, like I wasn't I wasn't overly worried about losing a lot of my business because I actually expected that it was going to fail. <laughs> so I, I was prepared for it. You know, I wasn't yes. hoping the fact that my business would, would hit, get hit so hard. All right. But I already had accepted the possibility of it happening. So when things started to go south, I was like, all right. So you, 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 cont you contemplated getting a real job again, too. Oh, I'm never going to get a real job. No, never, I'm never. never. I'm, I'm, I'm always, you know what? It's just when you're, when it's that, that's that entrepreneur mindset. Once you're in it, you're always in it. Like it was, yeah. it was never like for, for me just to, you know, go to clock in, clock out was never going to be my thing. Actually default was going to be just buying another dealership Yeah, because I can get yeah. them cheap right now. Yeah. yeah. The price <laughs> is right. Yeah. The price is right. The like price said, is right. Like, like cream was rising to the top. There was a lot of dealerships out there that realized that they maybe overreached themselves or overextended themselves financially. And do they really need that fourth or fifth dealership? There's some pretty good buys out there right now. I'm not going to lie. I was tempted a few times during the last four or five months. I'm like, hmm. Yeah, yeah, I could yeah. take that one over. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've been speaking to not 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 through the mindset of buying a dealership but i've been speaking to a couple of people that operate in that broking space for dealerships and um the the feedback is that 
no one actually knows how much of these businesses are worth at the moment. Like, it's, oh, that's it's, what I'm saying. That's what it's, it's the best time to buy. Yeah, yeah. You pretty much it, name it your is. price, and they'll take yeah. it or they won't take it. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. Can I can I live out my years on that? Yep, I'm pretty sure. I, I can. actually had a couple of people reach out to me. I had one guy that uh, had just recently purchased an additional Nissan dealership and just kind of felt like he had maybe overextended what he was capable of handling. Um, not 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 just financially, but just from an operations perspective. I was like, hey. You want to buy this out for me, man? Like I'll make you a hell of a deal, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think what it is you're always prepared. You you said it earlier, right? The the whole Boy Scout you know thing, and I I, I was a Boy Scout by the way. Um, I'm in it all the way to Eagle Scout. Like I was, uh, I was, totally I was in it for geeky. six weeks, six weeks, oh, six weeks again, six yeah, weeks, yeah, six weeks, yeah. <laughs> Ten yeah. years, I was yeah. ten years. Um, but 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 that was that was always just it's just you just mentally prepared for the worst case scenario. So when it happened, it happened. You were just able to just kind of handle it and move on. But it was always being prepared for that worst case scenario. It was never hoping for the worst case. Scenario. I was always being prepared for it. And I think anybody out there that's that has that mindset, it's a consistent trait I think among entrepreneurs and owners, successful ones, is they already yeah. have that. They're just mentally prepared for the worst case scenario. Yeah, yeah. It's a, um, it's the. I think that's it, it, it's the difference, isn't it? You know, it's it's the. You just get to work. You know, that's the thing. You just get to work. You make it happen. You know, irrespective. My, my, uh, my father's. My father says you bite off more than you could chew, and then you chew like hell to get through it. You know, that's uh, that's a hundred percent. It was like that's why I think sales. I think you know what I think anybody that has that mindset also does pretty well in sales because you know asking for the sell. Like, what's the worst case scenario? They'll say no. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, yeah. like, it never, like, it, like it, I think sales just came so natural to me because I just, it's not that I was good at it. It was just the fact that I could easily accept the fact that they were going to say no and, and it was going to be okay, you know? Yeah. What, what do you, what does, what does Jason Harris want his legacy to be on this? on the industry what would you what would you oh, i'm like? a weird cat i gotta like, i'm gonna uh, tell you I'm right now i'm pretty weird i actually have this crazy goal and objective of to be able to walk into any conference around the world and not have to introduce myself i and it's it, it sounds like it's an ego-driven thing for me it's not it's actually an efficiency thing i i can't tell you how many times i go to events and conferences and i get sucked into these micro five to seven to eight minute conversations where it's like oh well what do you do yes and i'm like oh god here it comes again and it's like <laughs> and i just sound like a like like, like i just repeating myself i just found i just sound like a like a mockingbird i'm just like ah, nah, nah, and it's the same thing over and over again and i i i create all this content i'm out there doing what i do um and it a because i have a love for the business b is i just simply straight up do not want to introduce myself <laughs> Is that weird as hell or what? <laughs> I I see your point. I I really I get it. You know, maybe you just, maybe that I puts me want. maybe that puts me in the weird category as well. But I I get. <laughs> I, I just I want to pull up and go. Oh, you're the guy with the orange tie. Hey, yeah. I, you want to talk about? I'm like just go straight into it. I just yeah. I think of the amount of time I've spent my entire life introducing myself and explaining what I do and how I can help or assist somebody you know even yeah. when i was selling cars or even when i was doing this it's like 
I spent so much time doing that. I mean, I think I probably spent years collectively, all right, just telling people what I do. And I was like, I had this crazy idea that I just, I'm going to get to this place where I will no longer ever have to do that again. So the legacy, <laughs> the legacy is you would like to eradicate small talk. Yes. <laughs> I hate small talk. Is that weird? You know, it's so hey. funny that I had someone tell me the other day, they're like, geez, Jason, that's a very like, you know, introverted kind of antisocial thing. And you don't seem to be that type of person. And I'm just like, it's not to me. It's a, it's a productivity hack. I just sit down. Hey, my name's Jason. I know who you are. Cool. Let's get right into the conversation. Yeah. 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 Your bona, your bona fides have already been sorted out long before you, long before you walked into the room. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what, if you don't come up to me, say hi, that means you weren't never really interested in having a conversation. Yeah. It's like, okay, that's great. Yeah, no, I get it. I really do. Yeah, I think I get it. You know, we're um, it's a, as you say, it's a productivity hack, isn't it? You know, it's the same. It, as, it totally is. Yeah, everything's yeah. everyone thinks it's just me feeding my ego. Uh, no, I, I get it though. I do get it though. <laughs> I do get it though, mate. I think you know, in a world where we try to add as much value as we can, you know, you can get straight to adding the value rather than talking about how you can add right? the value. Like seriously, I, I I find that it takes again to again to talking to an individual or to a group of people, and I'm like eight, six, seven, eight, ten minutes into the conversation until I get to the point where I can actually bring you some value, and I just think it's like a total waste of my time. It's like this sucks. Yeah, <laughs> and generally, generally people are you know as far as tuning into the to that part of the conversation anyway, they're probably only running it about. 60% rat power anyway, aren't they? They're not, they're yeah. not 100% investors. Like, oh, yeah, but it's a spiel. I'll, I'll figure out where the spiel finishes. And Okay, now we can actually get into it. It's, it's yeah, a, exactly. I hate small talk. Now yeah. everyone's never going to approach me again. Not since I've said it on your podcast. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna see me at an adventure show. Go, I'm not talking about that asshole. I might make it the, <laughs> might make it, yeah, yeah, might make it the title of this <laughs> podcast. Eradicate small talk. Yeah, don't talk to me. <laughs> don't, talk, don't talk to me. <laughs> podcast featuring Jason Harris. <laughs> well, my friend, I've really enjoyed our chat today. I have taken up This has been fun. I've taken up uh, your time and and I really appreciate it because uh because of the time difference and I've as I agree, I've had a lot of fun as well. So uh tell these good people how if they want to reach out to you or connect to you or find out more about what you're doing or even just get get those 47 nuggets of content that you put out on a daily basis. <laughs> How can people do this, please? Well, we made it super easy for you. Um, you can pretty much go to any social network on the planet and just search for strategy with Jason. And there will be my face with an orange tie. Um, that, that has been the brand that we've been working on for several years. It's been a lot of fun. Now, we have just launched our newest brand, which is the Strategy Mob. So if, if you like kind of this type of content and, you know, you, you want to learn from, you know, people like myself and like Cameron and even more additional content creators out there, I've actually created a mob, a collective team of content creators where we've pulled together all of our knowledge and experience in the industry. We put it out there. So strategy with Jason or strategy mob, you can find me there at pretty much anywhere you can socialize online. Absolutely, and I'm and I've and I've been I'm proud to make my small contribution to that whenever I can, and more than happy to do it again, mate. So appreciate your time awesome. today, Jace. Thanks, Cameron. You have yourself a great day. You too, bud. Take care. You too. 
Thank you for listening to the podcast wherever you are and whatever you're doing. If you're interested in learning more about how automotive talent can add value for you or your business, please make contact through the link in the show notes. Until next time, take care and happy trading.